What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. If you've been listening to the show long enough, you know that I'm really into sci-fi. Star Trek and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy were some of the first to get me hooked. But even with that, sometimes I forget that the whole world isn't inside of my phone. Like, the clouds actually live outside of the cloud. Well, this weekend, there's an interesting reminder of that. It's the fall equinox. On the days of the equinoxes, so the first day of spring, the first day of fall, sunrise is directly east and sunset is directly west. Those are the two days out of the year that that happens. This is Michelle Nichols. She's the director of public observing at the Adler Planetarium. She says this time of year, the stars literally align to create something kind of amazing. What you have is the sun rising and then it's a little bit above the horizon when it's lined up directly with our east-west streets. And so when that happens and the sun is low because it just rose, you can see it in between rows of buildings especially. This only happens twice a year. And if you're driving, it can be a little blinding. But if you're just walking, it can be a sight to behold. That's kind of become known as the Chicago Henge phenomenon. Chicago Henge. It gets its name from Stonehenge, which is this mysterious circle of stones in the English countryside. Probably because Stonehenge also interacts with the sun. The stones there appear to have an alignment to the solstices, but there may be other alignments, and there probably were other reasons other than alignments that they used this location. Um, And so Chicago Henge takes its name from that. Talking to Michelle brought me back to how much I love thinking about space and time. And if the weather cooperates, she says we should look to the sky this weekend. A few minutes after your local sunrise time is the best time to see this. Uh, And then the opposite for, for sunset. So a few minutes prior to sunset, which in Chicago is about 6.46 p.m., um, give or take. But again, check your local sunset time. So a few minutes prior to sunset for the fall equinox, again, over the next few days. Okay. So does it matter where you are in the city? Is it just any east-west street? Do you need to be downtown or can you be anywhere? For the most part, yes. Although your specific street circumstances may play a part in this. How How close are the buildings? Or uh, uh, to overhanging trees, or are you on a little in, in a little bit of a valley and you may not even know it? Are you um, on a little bit of a hill and you may not yeah. even know it? The, our our area, especially downtown, is surprisingly hilly and people may not realize yeah. it. That the area. If you bike downtown, of, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You're walking toward Union Station or something down Jackson Street and you go, yeah. I am going uphill a little uh-huh. bit here. So, but yeah, you, it, it'll also depend on clouds. Um, how yeah. cloudy is it close to the horizon? Because this effect is best when the sun is close to the horizon. Um, so is it cloudy um, yeah. when, when that's occurring? That'll, that'll uh, affect your visibility too. Well, it has been cloudy on and off um, this week. Uh, will the weather be nice enough? You know, I mean, Chicago Hinge is supposed to be happening like today, tomorrow time. I mean, what do you think? Well, that's a really good question. Um, Friday night, the 22nd, uh, maybe. 
Um, it, it might be a little bit cloudy in the area, so you might get some breaks in the clouds. So okay. fingers crossed for that one. And the, the actual first day of fall is the um, 23rd. And again, kind of the same thing. There might be some clouds in the area, but there might be some breaks. So, uh, so yeah, fingers crossed that you might get some breaks at the right time for yeah. that to happen. Um, so for those of us who have never seen Chicago Hinge before, or maybe we've seen it, but we didn't know what we were looking at. Um, tell me, what is it like? It's, it kind of depends. Are you walking or are you driving? <laughs> if you're driving, it's remarkable how, how with the sun right in your eyes like that, it's, it's directly in front of you, how difficult it becomes to drive right around that time of sunrise or sunset. If you're walking, um, it's really kind of cool to see the buildings framing the sun. Um, and uh. again, you may not have noticed it before, but now you have a reason to, to be able to kind of notice that. Although, don't stare at the sun, no matter what, <laughs> whenever, <laughs> doesn't have to be around now. It could be anytime. Don't stare at the sun. You know, one thing I, I've also kind of realized, um, this is kind of a perfect example of the natural world playing off of the built environment. And I wonder what you think about that interplay. It's a fascinating question because the answer is people have been thinking about this interplay basically for as long as built construction has been occurring. Thousands of years. People almost assuredly first noticed the interplay between the sun, the moon, the stars, and the natural world. And then later they probably were noticing, oh, I built this thing or I can build this thing. Um, and it has some kind of an alignment. And and to me, whatever, whatever culture that is, whatever the importance is, um, that has an importance to people. And so this this uh, built environment these days, we may not take the sun or the moon or the visibility or that into account. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And then we're, we're aware of it when it happens, but it's still surprising because it's not really something you normally think about. But this, uh, again, interplay between the built world and the sky, hey, maybe you're going to someday put solar panels on your house. Does your roof face in the right direction mm -hmm. to be able to have the right amount of light um, uh, fall on your solar panels? I mean, stuff like that. Um, are you going to place your flower garden where the sun shines the most during the during the day? I mean, you start yeah. to have to think about that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, when you think about the real Stonehenge uh, in, in England or some other mounds or other built places, um, you start thinking about what were those alignments, and we're not conf we're, we're not um, sure of all of the alignments or the reasons that people built some of these places. Mm -hmm. um, do they have an alignment to the to the to the uh, to the sky? Uh, some of that is still under debate, but it's it's a fascinating question to think about. And then now that you're aware of it, now that you're thinking, oh. I'm hearing this story. This is interesting. I'm going to start looking for those yeah. natural alignments that may or may not have been built into the, the world around you. Yeah. 
you're working in the science of physics, astronomy. You're the director of public observing at the planetarium. I want to get into some of that work. Um, Can you tell me about what else is going on in the cosmos in the next few months that we should maybe also make sure not to miss? Absolutely. The, The thing that we're preparing the most for right now is two solar eclipses coming up. One of them is Saturday, October 14th, 2023. Uh, The other one is Monday, April 8th, 2024. And the October eclipse will occur in the Chicago area. The timing will be 1037 in the morning to 122 in the afternoon. Um, And on that day at the peak time of 1158 a.m. Central (laughs) Time, um, 43% of the sun will be covered by the moon. And the, the moon is at, on that day passing in between the earth and the sun. And so mm. when it passes in between us and it covers up part of the sun in the process, we call that a solar eclipse. And so that's that's our next big one. That'll be one that um, it won't be quite to the uh, coverage of the sun like it was in 2017. Mm-hmm. But that's our our appetizer for the bigger eclipse coming up on Monday, April 8th, 2024. When at the peak time of 2.07 p.m. in the Chicago area, um, 94% of the sun will be covered by the moon. So uh, so if you've still got those, <laughs> those solar viewing glasses from 2017, as long as they're still in good shape, uh-huh. uh, get them out again because you're going to be able to use them twice coming okay. up. And wow. yeah, those are our two big things coming up. Okay. Yeah, I remember that 2017 one. Man, I was in Charlotte at the time, same central time, and it's it was like, whoa, the sky. Yeah, that one will be a total solar eclipse in southern Illinois. Okay. And wow. they're, they're going to get to see totality again. <laughs> um, but we're going to throw a couple big parties uh, at the at the Adler meeting. We, uh, oh. We're going to have people uh, out with telescopes. We're going to give you the opportunity to commune <laughs> with the sky. That's our hey. main goal is get the telescopes out. Let people take pictures of the sun safely. We'll have ways to do that. Just come and hang and enjoy the the sky vibe with us that day. When I find myself at a planetarium or, you know, consuming some science fiction uh, set somewhere other than the Earth, um, I just yearn to go there. Um, I do some, you know, I want to do some type of space and time travel. And as a person who spends time at a planetarium for a living, do you get existential much? I mean, I heard you say the words commune with the with the uh, with the sky. Um, Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, I I absolutely do. I always have. Um, And I think that's what got me interested in the subject in the first place was not just what's that. It's what is that like? What is that place like? Um, seeing pictures of, say, Saturn in a in a book or a magazine versus looking at it through a telescope is incredible. And mm-hmm. it it really looks like a place. And then a lot of us, the next step is just imagining what is it like there? And that's where the real science comes in, where we actually send spacecraft to some of these places. And yeah. if they're in our solar system, we do. And that's the amazing part. You can see what what it is like for for some of these places, or that's where art comes in, especially these days with so many new planets being discovered around other stars. Mm. What the artists are doing is they're taking the science data of what we know about these planets 
and imagining what would it yes. be like if you were to be there. And um, it's it's uh, this incredible intersection between science and art. The, the history, the science, mm. the art, it all plays a part. And so it's a little bit of something for everybody. And, and I think that's what I love about the subject so much. Yes. What are some resources that you recommend for people who want to look at the universe beyond our world, but maybe can't sink money into a fancy telescope? Sure. Well, a great way to do it is it kind of depends on what you're interested in. But the first thing that comes to my mind is a way that you can actually get involved in all of this and learn about it at, at the same time. And that is through the Zooniverse program. And, and the word is Zooniverse, Z-O-O, and like the word universe, but it's Zooniverse. Zooniverse, gotcha. Zooniverse.org. And this is a public science initiative where data is being collected by the professionals and the spacecraft and the telescopes and all that. But there is so much to go through. We need the public's help in sifting through that data mm. to try to find interesting stuff. And this applies to the world of astronomy uh, very, very well, where you can sift through data to try to find a planet around another star. We actually have had people through the Planet Hunters program sifting through the data and they have helped the professionals find the data indicating there are planets around other stars. They're locating these things. Wow. And it's incredible. And there's a lot of other programs through Zooniverse related to that. And so the Adler is one of the premier partners in that program. So if you go to Zooniverse.org, you can see all the, the science programs and history and art you can get involved in directly. And learn about them along the way. So that's a that's a great thing to do. And I highly recommend that for everybody. Thank you. Um, anything else you would want to share, Michelle, about um, Chicago Hinge or about just universe gazing, <laughs> communing with the stars, as you, yeah. as you said, communing with the sky? Absolutely. I encourage everyone, commune with the sky whenever you can. Um, we We all look down at our shoes. Way too often. Oh. I don't know about you, but my shoes change, but not 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 on a minute by minute basis. <laughs> I think it's more our phones that are the engaging thing that we're looking that down too, at. Also. That too. It's yeah. all looking down. Please put the phone down. Stop the shoes from moving. Look up at the sky. And I'm I'm looking out the window right now and where I am, it happens to be cloudy today. You know, the cloud patterns change. Our mm. sky patterns change. We have the sun visible or not. We've got the moon visible during the day or during the night. Um, getting to know that those sorts of patterns of change is a, a really interesting thing to do and completely free. <laughs> yes. And something that we all can do. We, we say at the Adler, we're under the sky we all share. Mm. And... That's our job is to connect people to the universe and each other under the sky we all share. That is the Adler's mission. And so I encourage everyone, look up. Don't have to look up for long. I know we're all busy, but look up and see what you see. And if you notice something interesting, tell us about it. Share it. Share with each other. If even one person listening to this uh, does that, my job will be done. Michelle Nichols is the Director of Public Observing at the Adler Planetarium. Michelle, thank you for your time. Anytime. Happy to do it. Thank you so much. 
And that's it for today. Thanks to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR network. And we love hearing from you. Email us with your thoughts, questions, and what you want to hear on the show. You can email therundownpod at wbez.org. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you later.